This is Carolyn Holly. Welcome to Game Plan for Life with Skip Hall. For the next half hour, you're going to be encouraged and challenged by Skip and his guests as they discuss the game plan for life. In sports, as in life, it's important to have a game plan. And as Skip says, no game plan, no victory. Game Plan for Life is brought to you by the following sponsors. Foot Dynamics, the place to go. Albertsons, it's just better. Dutch Brothers of Boise, an experience guaranteed to satisfy. Therapeutic Associates Physical Therapy, your partner in health. Bacon Berry Hill, bacon, you gotta love it. Berry Hill, you're gonna like it. Mass Mutual, we'll help you get there. And Summer's Funeral Home, every life leaves a legacy. Welcome to Game Plan for Life. This is your host, Skip Hall. And today, our special guest is Idaho State Senator Chuck Winder. Chuck, welcome to Game Plan for Life. Thanks, Coach. Great to be here. Well, we're going to try to round the bases today in your life, Chuck, a little bit. And it's always <laughs> no, good. I never to... <laughs> played much baseball, but full football and basketball. There you so. <laughs> go. But it's, it's good to start a, a heading towards first. So let's go back. And, and talk about, you know, where you were born and a little bit about growing up, and we'll move on up into other things. But let's, let's go back and, and give, us, give us the start. Okay. Well, I'm the last of seven kids. Uh, I was born over in Ontario, Oregon, and went to uh, grade school and high school in Vail, Oregon, played football and basketball and, and uh, track and a little bit of baseball there. Mm-hmm. Um, and went off to the College of Idaho where I got a pre-law and political science degree. And uh, after I graduated uh, from uh, C of I, I went into the Navy as a Navy pilot and was in the military for four years and uh, came back out and went to work for a small company uh, called Morrison Knutson and, and uh, worked with them for about nine years and then started my own business, basically involved in uh, construction and development. Some of the buildings I did when I was with MK are the U.S. Bank building, the Albertson headquarters and Mm, Park Center and some of those kind of things. So some nice projects around. And during my uh, 30 years of owning my own business, did a lot of different projects, primarily brokerage and and development work for people around the city and around the state. Sold my business in 2008 to Lee and Associates out Mm -hmm. of California and was there for three years as part of my contract, left there, and I'm over at Cushman-Wakefield uh, Pacific now, and and uh, not managing people. I don't have to worry about <laughs> salaries or, or budgets or any of that. I just come in and do my job and uh, work and make a few deals a year, and, uh, and uh, that allows me also the time to do my uh, Senate work, and I've Absolutely. been there for nine years. Absolutely. Well, we're going to get to the Senate work, but... Uh, before we do that, um, talk to us about your family. I know you and your wife, Diane, have got a couple of children. and yeah. Tell us about your family. Well, have uh, two children, uh, David, uh, who I work with in my business, and, and uh, we've worked together for about 20 years, which has been a real blessing. Uh, for me, sometimes if you ask your son what it's like working with your dad, you may get a different answer than that, but I think he's enjoyed most I've, I've of it. I've got the same issue. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, my daughter, uh, Elizabeth Ann, who's known as Buffy, yep. uh, is uh, principal at uh, Cecil D. Andrus uh, Elementary School in uh, Meridian. Mm-hmm. And uh, have them close, uh, have all my grandkids except one here. Uh, and uh, have uh, now three great-grandchildren. Oh, that's two, great. Two up in the Coeur d'Alene area and uh, one here. 
Well, you're getting you're getting your merit badges and raising a family, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, well, it gives Grandma a whole new reason to shop. <laughs> I know that. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, while we're on this with you and your wife, I want to just talk about the Idaho State Prayer Breakfast okay. because you guys have been an, an instrumental part of that for many years. So take us back to, to when you, you first got involved and, and a little bit more about the State Prayer Breakfast. Well, probably actually started attending State Prayer Breakfasts about 30-some years ago and uh, just attended. And then uh, probably about uh, 25 years ago now, uh, asked to get on the committee and and uh, since that time, both Diane and I have been on the committee and have organized it. We've been chairman and kind of key people involved in it. But there is no real hierarchy in right. it. You know, we're all a bunch of volunteers trying to do what we think is uh, right. Uh, and the prayer breakfast, uh, is. this will be, its I think it's 57th or 58th year. It's patterned after the national prayer breakfast, mm-hmm. uh, which was started by President Eisenhower back in the early 50s. Uh, but I think ours is one of the oldest ones in the country and certainly one of the oldest continuous ones. Uh, we always have a great speaker and great uh, attendance, uh, and uh, we look at it as a way to encourage uh, community uh, leaders and community uh, uh, citizens in their uh, faith and, and encourage people to uh, pray for one another and to uh, be a, a nonpartisan, non, you know, kind of an interdenominational uh, group that uh, supports uh, Christ and faith in Christ Absolutely. in our in our community. Mm-hmm. You know, it's been a tremendous thing. When, it's usually the first Saturday in March, is Yeah, right? well, it varies between the first, okay. first Saturday and the second Saturday. We have to kind of work around some of the major events that occur at the convention center. It's the only place large enough to, to handle us yeah. uh, in uh, Boise, so we're kind of at their mercy a little bit. But they'll always schedule us out a year in advance. Mm-hmm. One time, actually, they... Uh, had to bump us, but they paid for the room over at uh, Boise really? State, and then we crammed everybody in there. Yeah. It was it was not a real pleasant uh, seating arrangement, but it worked. And and uh, but we're looking forward to ours coming up on the second of March. Uh, okay, second, so March. excuse me, the second Saturday in March okay. uh, of uh, 2018. All right. uh, we're getting our final commitments on our speaker yet, so okay. I can't announce that yeah. yet. But okay. uh, be at the Grove again uh, downtown and. Uh, We'll have a great breakfast. Yeah, for for folks that maybe haven't gone to one of these, I think you will would really really uh, appreciate it, and uh, they do a fantastic job. And uh, so keep your eyes peeled for that uh, March second Saturday in March, and uh, put it on your calendar. I think you'll be you'll be very pleased that you did. So Chuck, I know that you're a man of faith. That uh, obviously values have been very important to you, but you also were a Bible study fellowship leader. Take us back to that. Well, I take take it back to when I got interested in it. My wife started before I did, and she liked to do her Bible study about the time we were going to bed, and she kept keeping me awake, asking me all the <laughs> questions. And, and uh, so I said, well, if I've got to do the lesson, I might as well go. So I started going, and, and uh, attended for a year, and then I was asked to become a discussion leader and did that for a couple mm-hmm. years, and then I got involved as a as the assistant class administrator, and then the class administrator, then the substitute teaching leader, and then I was a teaching leader for six years. So all in all, I was involved for about 22 years, and I still go back for new classes uh, uh, and uh, really enjoy the study. But uh, it made a huge difference in my life. It you know, really grounded me in the Word, and, and uh, it, incur- it allowed me to uh, 
use some of my skills that I learned actually in the military as a as an instructor and and teacher there to uh, help other men uh, be encouraged in their faith and yeah. learn about Christ and be disciplined in your study and. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was one of the things that I always enjoyed about Bible Study Fellowship. If you didn't do your lesson, you couldn't talk. Yep. You had to actually do the study, read what it said, and answer right. the questions before you could participate. And I think that's a good discipline. That's a good discipline. Uh, and Absolutely. it's not just opinion or ideas that uh, yeah, someone else may have generated yeah. for you. Yeah, so. <laughs> for sure. For sure. Well, if people would be interested in Bible Study Fellowship, how would they go about getting involved? Uh, actually, you can go on to the uh, BSF uh, International website, uh, and it has where the classes are and has the starts times. Uh, uh, the uh, one here in Boise will be starting up in September, be doing the study of Romans. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's held uh, almost right across the street from the station here at uh, the uh, summit, mm-hmm. uh, the old Second Baptist uh, Church, mm-hmm. and uh, we meet there on uh, Tuesday nights starting about 640 Uh and uh, going till about 8.45 to 9 o'clock. And uh, so you can go on the website at BSF International, and uh, they'll give you the class and tell you exactly when it starts. So that'd be the best way to do that. Okay. All right. But I'm sure you would highly recommend it for folks. Oh, it's a great study. Yeah, yeah. And Romans, you don't have to say anything yeah, about it other right. than mention the name of Romans. <laughs> it's a great study. And uh, really, I think what we're going through in our culture today uh, and yet encouraging people to keep that faith, to yeah. uh, to stick together and to uh, not not walk away right. uh, from their commitments. Yep, yep, absolutely. Well, we'll, we'll come back to the role that faith plays in, in, in politics okay. after, after a bit. But I want to uh, put the, hat, the political cap on now. And obviously, you've told us about your, your business endeavors and been, been involved with that for many years. But... Uh, your political experience now. You start. You, you are currently the assistant majority leader in the Idaho State Senate. Is that correct? That's correct. And when did you? You said you've been in it nine years. I've been in nine years, nine. and and a group came to me actually during my first session and said, you know, you ought to be in leadership and be prepared for that opportunity. And at the end of the second session, so two years into my first term, a uh, group came to them and said they wanted me to run for assistant majority leader, and they helped me uh, get elected. It's an election by your right, peers, right. Uh, which is a, a very interesting process if you think about it, and uh, so I've been serving that way. The uh, current majority leader, uh, Senator Bar Davis, uh, has been appointed as the U.S. attorney, uh, and we expect that confirmation to occur here in the next, really, 30 to 90 days, probably, depending upon how fast Congress moves. But it's been set to to uh, the Senate for confirmation. Uh, assuming that he's not back as majority right. leader, then I'll seek that okay. role when we come so back into session. you'd have to be reelected again? I have to be elected in March yeah. if there's a vacancy, right. yes. Okay. Otherwise, we're elected every two years. Right, right. Well, that's uh, thank you for your service there. Obviously, you've been a senator in District 20 in the state of Idaho. Yeah. And that's that's where it all started, but you're also on some committees. I've noticed that uh, you're on the education. Yeah, I uh, serve on education. Uh, was off from that for a few years. Went back on this year because I'm the co-chair of the uh, interim committee on the school funding distribution. So I wanted to be more up to speed on education issues. So I went back on that. Then I'm on the state affairs committee, which is okay. actually the leadership committee, uh, both the majority and minority uh, leadership on that. Uh, and we deal with some of the really tough issues uh, 
abortion, guns, you name it. Mm. Uh, we deal with a lot of the tough issues. Yep. And uh, also on transportation. Uh, right. And because of my interest in transportation and going back to ACHD when I was there for 13 years and then as chairman of the Idaho Transportation Board for 11 years. Mm. So it all ties together, and I use that experience in that elected position, and, and uh, I think it served me well, and hopefully it served the uh, citizens of uh, my district and the state of Idaho well. Well, you've been reelected how many times? Uh, well, I'm actually in my uh, fifth term, uh, yeah. so I'll stand for election again. Uh, in uh, 2018, in the fall of 2018. So that'll be uh, what I'm planning on doing right now. What I'll do beyond that, I don't know. If yeah. I become majority leader, I'll probably try and stick around that term and, mm-hmm. and then decide what I want to do after that. Well, five terms. You obviously, are, people are thinking you're doing something right. So well, hopefully. <laughs> One of the things about politics, yeah. a friend of mine told me, he says, you know, your friends come and go, but your enemies accumulate. So, <laughs> so we'll see how it goes. I've, I've got to tell a, a funny story at this point. I spoke uh, when I was coaching back in Missouri. I spoke at a God and Country rally one one time, and there were all the politicians and all the pastors and, and folks from the community. And I got done, and uh, this, this elderly gentleman came up to me. He called me Sonny, so I, I felt pretty good about that. Well, it was Missouri, too, though. It was Missouri, that's right, <laughs> or Missouri. Uh, but anyway, he said, Sonny, I really appreciate what you had to say there. He said, but I want you to know there's, there's a lot of similarities between politics and religion. He said, but there's one major difference. I said, oh, yeah, what's that? He said, well, in uh, religion, you know, pray uh, for your sins and and get right with the Lord. And in politics, your opponent does it for you. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) They'll confess your sins for you. Yeah, that they do sometimes. That they do. That they do. Well, Chuck, I'm going to also at this point ask you this question. What in the world goes on in the Idaho State Senate? Well, very, you know, fortunately, the Idaho Senate is uh, relatively uh, benign compared to the House. Uh, they seem to have a lot more personality over there than, <laughs> uh, than we do. Uh, uh, this last year was a great example of that. Um, you know, I've been very fortunate. I think uh, just the leadership style of our leadership team, uh, all four of us, the uh, pro tem, the majority leader, assistant majority leader, and the caucus chairman all work together and uh, tried to uh, provide a good leadership environment and a good uh, environment for people to get their work done in, to do it in, in a uh, civil way and in a, in a collegial way, and, and I think it pays off. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I'd give a lot of that credit to the pro tem and to the majority leader for just their leadership style and, and uh, you know, not being uh, uh, a disciplinarian and yet keeping people on track and, and uh, making sure that the rules are followed and, I think that all makes a difference in how you get things done, and in that many people, because you got some really strong personalities, you got oh, a lot I'm of sure. huge a lot egos. Of leaders there, a lot, you know. Yep. So it's a it's an interesting environment to work in, but uh, I think the Senate and the legislature has done a great job with our state through some difficult times with the recession, and you know, getting back on track. As you look at our state now, it's. Uh, you know, one of the leaders in job production, and and uh, I just came back from a training session uh, and uh, listening to what's going on in other states, we are really blessed here mm-hmm. to have a very stable, uh, you know, government tax system, 
um, that continue to make improvements to our schools. Our retirement program is funded well, uh, performs well. Uh, we have very little debt, you know, in the state. Uh, so I think all in all, uh, you know, the legislature and the governor have done a great job through some mm -hmm. really difficult years. Yeah, I would agree for sure. Well, I think politics is a little bit like coaching. You know, people are not quite sure what you do during the week. <laughs> Obviously, when they go to the game, they see the result. And and I think sometimes they, they feel like we just sit around and shoot the breeze. But I know there's a lot going on uh, in, in the Senate. And uh, how much do people's voices matter to senators? I mean, obviously, you listen to people and try to get a good sounding board. Talk to us about that. Well, it's kind of interesting. You know, everybody uh, kind of looks at the body as one, you know, body of uh, people that, you know, represent a certain political philosophy. And yet every person, there are 35 districts, legislative districts throughout the state, and every one of those districts is a little bit different. Mm -hmm. I couldn't get elected in probably downtown Boise. Uh, they couldn't get elected in my district in West Boise and Meridian. Uh, just because of the, the political nature of the constituency they represent. So I think that's one of the most interesting things is people don't all think alike. They don't all have the same value system. Uh, yeah. They certainly don't all have the same constituent base. Uh, so I think, you know, you do listen to your people. You primarily focus on uh, attention on your constituents with your own district but sometimes you get into broader statewide issues that uh, you get drawn into and you try and help. But, you know, we're dealing with uh, things about how people, you know, get health and welfare payments taken care of, you know, issues with kids and schools and mm -hmm. funding and all those kind of things, how, uh, how people are treated through the bureaucracies, whether it's the ITD or, or health and welfare or any of the other uh, departments in the states. So we get pretty active in those kind of issues, mm -hmm. uh, which go on year-round. Uh, we have interim committees during the summer. We have uh, other assignments. For instance, I'm uh, co-chair of a committee with PINWAR, which is the Pacific Northwest Economic Region. Sent there as a delegate. It's uh, one of the international uh, groups that we're actually in. Uh, and uh, five uh, territories mm -hmm. and, and provinces of Canada are involved in it, and the northwestern states are involved in it. And we deal with everything from border crossing issues to you know, truck sizes, uh, how you flag a truck, how you, you know, do all sorts of different things. Because all the commerce that goes back and forth. Oh, sure. Canada's our second largest uh, trading partner. And so you kind of, you know, there are lots of little things like that that are going on year-round and, and different training opportunities that we get. It's not a full-time job. Right. Uh, and that's one of the great things. We typically meet uh, for 90 days approximately in January, right. February, and March. And the rest of the year, we're uh, kind of on our own to do things. And so mm -hmm. we're always back in the communities. Uh, I live here all the time. I don't, you know, unlike a lot of the people that come here just for the session for 90 days, you know, I live mm -hmm. in my district. I see them in the supermarkets, uh, you mm -hmm. know, see them at church. Uh, we do city hall meetings, uh, you know, town hall meetings, uh, different things. I go to everything from chamber of commerce meetings, you name it, you Rotary, bet. and go talk to them. Uh, and, you, and you go and listen. And uh, so I think we do listen to the mm -hmm. people a lot. Mm -hmm. So would you encourage people, uh, if there's something on their heart, to, to get in touch with their senators? Oh, yeah. I think, and, you know, their House members and senators, yeah. you know, I think that's one of our primary charges, to help them yeah. with issues they're facing within state government. 
Uh, we can't help them a lot with any, you know, the federal issues, but we can get them to the right people. Mm-hmm. And one of the great things I can say is we have a great, you know, team effort with our congressional uh, members, uh, both the House and the Senate members. If we've got an issue and a, and a constituent's having a problem with the federal government somewhere, uh, we can get them in touch with the right people, and they usually get their help they need. So good, good. glad yeah, to do those kind of things, absolutely. and that's why we're there. Absolutely. Well, let's let's back up, and we talked a little bit about faith, and we talked a little bit about values. So in politics, how does that mix? I know there's probably some some areas of concern for some people there, but but what would you say to that? Well, I think, you know, I'll hold my comments specifically to the Senate and to the Idaho legislature, because I think if you go beyond the specifics of that, you get into the whole issue of the, you know, congressional things, what people, you know, perceive of uh, their uh, national elected officials versus their state officials. Uh, On a state level, people are pretty supportive of of their elected people. Uh, They may disagree with someone from a different district, but that's kind of the political nature of the beast. Uh, But, uh, you know, I just think that uh, all in all, the the tie that we have with uh, with faith and value, you know, we represent, in my case, District 20 is a very conservative district, mm-hmm. probably one of the most conservative districts in Idaho. And it's because that's where a lot of young families live. Right. Uh, and they're concerned about the future. They're concerned about, you know, education. They're concerned about values and what their kids get exposed to. Uh, so I think from that aspect of it, uh, you know, our value system as as a Christian is very important, you know, mm-hmm. to those people in my district. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and yet we have to protect the rights of the minority. A lot of people say, well, the Constitution set up to protect the majority. Well, it's not really. It's right. set up to protect the minority from the majority. Yep. And so I think, you know, when you get into those kind of things, we've got to provide a balance of freedom of religion yep. uh, and uh, yet protect our rights as believers from the government yep. and both the federal and the state government from interference in that uh, free practice of religion. And that's a real challenge that's going on yep. all over the U.S. today. Yep. And uh, there are lots of people that think we ought to keep our Christian values at home and just follow their belief system. Mm-hmm. You know, that's but that's the difference. There's a contrast between sure. our values and the world values, and that's where the fight is. That's the battleground we go into every day during the session. Yeah, that's that's where the rubber meets the road, yes. so to speak. So, Chuck, I would guess, and, and I'd like to get your input on this, that we need quality people to run for a spot. Yeah. And talk to us a little bit about that. If you were to encourage, maybe there's somebody listening today that, that thinks that they've, or they've thought about running for office and, and they're a good quality candidate. What, what should they do? Well, I, you know, I think the the first thing you need to do is be involved in your community to begin with. You have to have some name recognition. You have to have some basis uh, to start, you know. And I think that whether it's Chamber of Commerce, you know, within your church groups, within uh, service to your community in some way, uh, I think that's kind of the way you, you build that base support. The individual's not going to do it. Uh, you've got to have, a, you know, that base group around you. It's got to be family. It's got to be your friends. It's got to be people in your church, people you do business with, you know, that provide that support mechanism to allow you to do it. But uh, start out, you know, as 
city council, uh, planning and zoning commissions, learn about what's going on in your community and uh, look for issues that you think need to be changed and, and how improvements can be made to, you know, community service, to uh, customer service within the agencies. Uh, I think those are all, you know, things that people look to for kind of that catalyst to start their interest. Um, so, you know, in my case, I started back in student government. I, uh, you know, served uh, in basically part-time uh, commissions from highway district, you know, planning and zoning, different things to help me understand what was going on in the community while at the same time you're serving the community. So I think those things are always beneficial in the long run to how you relate to people in your community because that's the way you get to meet people yeah. and that's the way you hear from people. But would you agree that the need is great? Oh, it is we, great. We, we I need, mean, we need people it's a battleground out there. Absolutely. And, you know, one of the problems we have in all levels of government is, and I, I have a lot of people say, boy, I would never put my name up there <laughs> uh, because, you know, for whatever reason, and they see the negative uh, campaigns that come out, typically in the legislature, typically in, you know, city councils, county commissioners, there's not a really a lot of dirt throwing at those levels. Mm -hmm. You get above that, you're going to see some dirt throwing because there's individual campaigns and they've got money, they're going to go spend it. Sure. Uh, but it doesn't take a lot of money in Idaho to run for, you know, a city council or a county commissioner or for a legislative office. Uh, so don't let that be a deterrent. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, really, uh, people are important, uh, not the money. Good. Wise, wise, wise words. Well, Chuck, with all that you've done and, and are doing, um, let's talk about what you'd like to do for fun. <laughs> well, what, what do you like to do? What, I've always, uh, the fun things I've done are public service, the yeah. Bible study fellowship. I really enjoyed that. That was a real beneficial benefit to me over the years. Uh, and I really enjoyed it. It got me into the word on a daily basis. And, you know, it's kind of like when I was in the military teaching people how to fly is you really learn how to do things when mm. you're teaching people, uh, and you learn the subject matter and, and because you have to be prepared. And if you're not prepared, people know it pretty quick. Well, especially uh, if you're a pilot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's probably, probably a good idea too. to be yeah. prepared. So anyway, I, I think those are all, you know, mm -hmm. good things for people just to, to take and to put to heart and yeah. think about. Well, you've been a man that's been involved, and yeah. we appreciate everything that you have done up to this point and, and will continue to do. Yeah. So, Chuck, I need to thank my wife, too. Well, she, we thank she, Diane for sure. Because yeah, she's allowed me to do a lot of these yeah, things. Yeah, yeah. Like they say, behind every successful man, there's a very surprised mother-in-law. Right? <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> well, Chuck, thank you for being a guest today on Game Plan for Thanks, Life. Thanks, Coach. Game Plan for Life is brought to you by the following sponsors. The Eagle and North End 76 stations and on-the-fly service station on Collister and State. All family-owned and Idaho-grown. Rehab Authority. Experience the difference. McDowell's Specialty Repair. Call McDowell's. Hendrickson's Fine Jewelry. The place to go. Christian Brothers Automotive. A nice difference. Matt Bauscher and Terry Hefner. Exceed your real estate goals. Security Gold and Silver. A reliable source for your bullion investment. Idaho Independent Bank. The Idaho Bank. Domino's. Oh, yes, we did. And Grace Assisted Living. Grace is the place. Thank you for listening to Game Plan for Life with Skip Hall. This is Carolyn Holly inviting you to listen at this same time on this same station next Saturday. 
as Skip and his guests go over the game plan for life. Have a great weekend. And remember, no game plan, no victory.